Thomas. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yo, my name is Kaleem and this is the Mass Event Podcast for Tung Dumelang. It's going to be a great show. It always is. Um, thank you so much, guys, for spending time and enjoying this podcast we've had for you. So, yeah, um, reach out. Please contact us on email on the Mass Event Podcast at gmail.com. Um, let's reach out and build this, uh, this massive nation that we're trying to get through. It's going to be a good show. We have uh, quite a list of interesting topics that we need to, we need to go through. So yeah, there's been developments happening in, in Deep Sluit, no? between Zimbabweans and South Africans. It's been an interesting week. So we're just going to be touching in on that. We also want to discuss Yo, Batabilitamini versus Wangilamani. So if you don't know who those are, Batabilitamini is the ANC Women's League president. And Swangilemani is, in contrast, that student who was deposited 14 million into her account, and then she spent about 800,000. So one was caught for perjury, and the other one was found guilty of, you know, theft, as they put it. So we're just going to be getting into details on that. Trying to see and weigh out where's the fairness between. so much get to it. First and foremost, I just want to speak about the Kizadun flood. My heart goes out to all of those who've been affected by the flood. Yo, it's sad. Um, it's, it's some bad, bad damage that you've seen. Some serious flooding. There's landslides. We've seen houses washed away. We've seen tankers, oil tankers as heavy as they are, we've seen them being washed away. We've seen um, roads and bridges being washed away. So the floods in that area are extremely bad. Make no mistake, it's bad, it's bad. So spare a moment of prayer for them. And if you have means to, please help out. Donate to them, send assistance, do what you can. Let's commiserate with our fellow patrons. Let's, yeah, let's show them love. Um, as of this recording, it's been recorded that 59 people have passed away. May their souls rest in peace. Likely to have the number going higher uh, for reasons due to the fact that they're still continuing with their search and rescue missions. So we know that there's a high possibility that they're going to be recovering more bodies to that. You just hope that those that haven't received assistance are actually assisted and assisted on time. And I don't want to use this opportunity to, to turn it into a blame, a blame opportunity to the government. I, I don't want to, to do that. But I just want to say, isn't it, isn't it ironic 
that we're coming out of a disaster after the national disaster, state of emergency has been declared uh, due to COVID, which dragged on for two years, over two years, if I might add. And funds were squandered left, right and center. Now we have an, an actual emergency disaster down in Kaiser and in the Durban area. And then what we are learning is the reaction hasn't been, it hasn't been the best. There's always the slow reaction when it comes to assisting our people. I'm not quite sure as to what is leading to it. Others are saying it's because the state coffers have been squandered so much that there's very little left to assist. Money doesn't get released in time. And even when it gets released, there's still those who are going to be using this as an opportunity to, to steal the ANC is, I don't even know if, if, if it can be restored. At this stage, it seems to be beyond salvation. It is not a party that we thought it was going to be. It hasn't liberated us. Quite the opposite. They actually have, you know guys, they have done so, so badly for us. Every single opportunity where they, they have to shine, for lack of a better term, where they need to prove that they are actual leaders, when the opportunity arises, they just wither away. They don't meet expectations, let alone exceed them. Because now we're hearing reports and stories of people who've been waiting for the search and rescue teams to get to their areas, to come and assist them. If people have to get too desperate to a point where that they are now posting on social media asking for assistance after having called and given up on the national resources, provincial resources, because no one is assisting them. We're not hearing reports of saying that the army has been deployed to go and assist there. Why is there such a slow slow turnaround with regards to helping people. It is infuriating. It is something which gets my blood to boil. To say, how is our leadership structures so disappointing? And time and time and time again, they are consistently finding new creative ways of disappointing us. It doesn't make any sense to me. I worked in an organization that used to preach accountability. This organization used to say to us, you need as a leader to lead by example. The culture that they were cultivating, they always spoke about leaders leading by example and leaders leading by accountability. Those were one of the fundamental beliefs that they ingrained in us. Integrity was one of them while I was still in the organization. And it was founded on very good doctrine. And when I witnessed to see what is happening in our leading political structures, very little of it do I see. At all levels, whether it's national, local, or provincial, it is near, nearly impossible for us to hold politicians accountable. How often do you see successful convictions of politicians sending them through to jail? Or prison, I should rather say. How often do you see them being found guilty, but the only penalties that they receive are fines? I struggle to fathom people who have been found guilty who have been linked to millions disappearing, billions collectively. And the worst that can be done to them is a fine or some suspended sentence. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist and say the judiciary is captured and all these things. I have no evidence of it. I have evidence of the frustration. 
and understand why people will get to such such statements. And remember the uproar that happened last year in July when oh, Babumsholozi, Jacob Zuma, went to prison or went to jail, I should say. Oh, the country was in a mess. There were these tribalistic sentiments. Because people, for some reason, because of the love they had for the man, because of the benefits that they had under the man, they will not recognize anything else. And they say, no, he should not be held accountable. The white people stole first. Who held, who held them to account? Interesting narrative, eh? You remember the trending vid? Yeah, because Jacob Zuma is arrested for you international um, masses. I'm honestly trying to, to get to the understanding of saying how we find ourselves in this position. It is sad. And it's not something which is new to us. It's not something which is unique to us in terms of the time of history. It has been reported that this might be the worst flood since 1975 because there's a river there that uh, um, not flooded, broke its banks. So these are serious floods. But now we're going to look at this opportunity and yet we're going to see another fumble by our leading government. It is such a mess you have no idea. Because most of the time they, they, they're always getting caught with their pants down. They're never prepared for these scenarios. They're never prepared for these situations. They're just as surprised as we are. And unfortunately, our commander-in-chief infamously will come through and express his shock. He has become the president of shock. Because everything seems to shock him. I've said this before, and sadly I have to say it again. I wonder where the president is. How is it that the state of affairs is still shocking to him? Does he not realize how bad things are? Guys, I honestly wish that they could prove me wrong in this scenario and be of aid to the communities that have been affected and be of assistance to those that have been affected, the families that have lost their loved ones, that have lost their homes, that have lost their transport, let alone the insurance. What is the government going to do to assist them? Because people have lost entire homes, washed away, well-built homes. I'm not going to be speaking down on situations where we have squatter camps affected. This is not one of those situations. We have well-built homes. Well-engineered homes that have been washed away. These were not in areas that were low-lying or likely to fall victim to floods. No, that's not the situation. But what is going to be the government's response on this? Oh, I don't want another situation where there's a blame game. Money is being issued out and next thing you know, it can't be found. I mean, add to this confusion, add to this suffering, the reports of looting happening. What is it with us that our fabric has just been done away with? Is it because we, we no longer care for the laws? Or is it because we've seen that accountability is optional? Accountability has a preference as to who <laughs> who does it bring to book? Or is it a matter of we've seen that it is selective? It's juxtaposition, isn't it? So we, 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 need, we need leadership in times of crisis. We need leadership actually at all times. Because we elected these officials. And I'm frustrated to say time and time again we have thought that the solution is going to be coming out of the same party. But yet we see things getting worse. My heart once again goes out to the people in KZN, those affected by the floods. I hope, I hope that the provincial government uses this opportunity right. 
that the premier's office does what it's supposed to do. The city of Durban, that it has the resources, the desire, and the efficiencies in place to assist those that have been affected. This is not a matter to be taken lightly. It is frustrating that the ruling party, the ANC, plays politics in the times where it shouldn't. It is actually disheartening. It's sad. It hurts. Because the reaction that you see happening to them, make no mistake, this is a natural disaster. This can strike at any place of this fine country of ours. Tomorrow we might wake up to find Gauteng washed as it is in Durban. The floods can strike anywhere. So natural disasters can happen to anyone. We need to watch and learn from this. Remember the failures as 2024 approaches. And this is not the only opportunity. Batabili. Lamin. ANC Women's League President. It is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate that she was found guilty of perjury. She perjured herself. Basically, she lied in court for for lack of um, a simpler explanation to it. The funny thing is, <laughs> once she was found guilty of this thing here, do you know what happened? The charge that she was given was a penalty. Imagine that. No jail time. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing whatsoever. The only thing that she was found, though she was found guilty of doing the act, unfortunately, nothing was going to be done to her. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Do you understand that this is what she did? No? So she testified in, in, in during the Sasa inquiry in 2018, no? which sought to investigate who should be held liable for the grants payment saga. Kumana said that uh, on Wednesday, the former minister gave false information under oath. So it was said that Lamini gave false evidence regarding her knowledge and involvement in the Sasa operations. And she pleaded not guilty and said she gave false evidence at the inquiry. She did so unknowingly. She said she didn't know. Imagine that. She was accused of failing to ensure that Sasa was equipped to administer social grants after a contract with Cash Pay Master Services, which was responsible for dispersing grants um, and it was due to expire. And millions of beneficiaries were left uncertain about whether they would receive their monthly grants. It's unfortunate that it's about who you know. It is unfortunate that millions of people have been affected by this. You must understand that there are millions of people in this country who depend on social service payments. Sasa grant money. Millions of our people depend on this thing. Imagine now the person who is responsible for ensuring that this thing is done timelessly and done correctly. Didn't do it. And then she's in her pension now while this case is continuing. I just want you to understand that the very same uh, penalty or fine that she's been given, do you know what she's going to use to pay it? She's going to be using the salary that she gets from two resources. First of which, she's still the ANC Women's League president, so she's getting a salary of 70 tau. Yes. <laughs> 70 tau. And then 40,000 that she gets um, as a pension package. No? Every single flipping month, 40,000 that's coming her way. 110,000 in total that she's receiving. In the defense of the lawyer, they're saying that no, the 70,000 she might not receive um, because her contract might not be renewed at the end of her term. Imagine that. Which scenario have we ever found that the ANC will look at the person's past? Um, past actions and say no this person is not deserving 
Which country is that? We case in point Zandilegumed. With the accusations that she has and pending inquiries and cases that she has, still she was re-elected. I'm I'm telling you this 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 party cannot be cannot be restored to its former glory because there isn't any to restore it. Guys, it doesn't make sense just to say how many opportunities are going to be given time in, time out to the very same people. This Batavila mini issue is so infuriating because it's not going to be held accountable by any regard. It is so infuriating and it hurts a lot. It hurts, it hurts a lot. It is not fair. It is not fair at all. Yo. So you ask yourself, what's the penalty for your actions? You ask yourself, after this person has done what they did, what is going to be the actions against her? How will she be held accountable? So, <laughs> she's been given an opportunity to pay 200000 Just 200000 as a fine. That's the penalty that she's been given. To pay back a portion for the inconvenience. And only if she doesn't pay will she receive jail time. Imagine that. Why are we surprised? No, we are not. And do not say to me, no, she's an old... No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Are you going to tell me that age is a silver bullet to these politicians? Are they doing as they please? Are they doing all these corrupt things and unethical things because of the silver bullet that is their age? It's nonsense. Don't buy the thing. I'm saying to you, this is just how the cookie crumbles. It is, it is happening time and time again. Far too many ex- uh, incidents where we are seeing this thing happening. And then, in a sharp contrast, we have this young lady. A very young lady by the name of Swangilamani. Now, if you don't know who Swangilamani is, she's the lady who had funds being deposited into her Nafsus account. Okay? Um, of over 14 million. Yeah, so Nafsus is, is, is kind of like the, the government aid for education. Alright? Like a student, yeah, student assistance kind of a thing. So instead of receiving her normal stipend, she received over 14 million. Yo. And now, with her being the student that she is, or the child that she is at the time, still learning, a lot to learn in life, she then posted in social media, showing her balance on an EFSAS account. Went as far as to spending eight hundred thousand of the fourteen million which was turned into, or which was paid into her account. Eight hundred thousand. <laughs> Yo, the I blew it culture in this country. Yo, <laughs> imagine that. And then obviously um, she was found guilty of theft subsequent to that, and we are in a position where we are. She's been sentenced to five years imprisonment. No fine that she needs to pay. This is a person who has their whole future ahead of them. A person who should be given opportunity to learn from that mistake. It is not as severe as they're pointing it out to be. Where we see politicians time and time again stealing millions and billions collectively. But no jail time. So this student has been giving such a harsh sentence. And I I don't want to distort your moral campus at all. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want to say it is fine for her to do what she did. I'm not speaking about the correctness of it. I'm speaking about the fairness of it. How fair is it that she is the one who is going through what she's going through in comparison to the hundreds who are career opportunists, career criminals, giving us facades of politicians. Well-spoken, articulate criminals elected themselves into government, positioned themselves into uh, positions of leadership, of influence, of convenience. Follow the money. 
And then it sends you right back to the very same people who are given opportunity to speak on such matters. Where's the fairness? Social media was in an uproar. And I was one of those people in an uproar. I said, yeah. Spongile money must be made to pay a fine. And the narrative came in from the media. Speaking about how this is an indication of the moral decay in this country of ours. I remember one article read that she is a thief. She's been found guilty of theft. And therefore must be referred to a thief. They said convicted thief. And everyone that I came across had the same confused look on their face to say, okay, it's fine. What has happened to the person who actually did the transaction? What accountability did they suffer? What jail time are they given? Because they caused all of this. It, it, it is, it's, it's, it's paramount or tantramount, I should say, to holding a drug user guilty and then sending them to a long sentence for their drug use. And then the drug dealer goes away scot-free. Because we hear nothing. We don't have so much as a name of the person who's found guilty. Would you be surprised if this was a relative of some minister who had been given a job by preference? Would you be surprised if it was a niece, a cousin, a nephew, an uncle maybe even, somebody related to somebody of influence? Would you be too surprised if that were to happen? Because nepotism and connections and corruption isn't only the tenders that are being stolen from underneath our noses. No! It speaks to all levels. All these connections that people use. They're keeping you further from everything. They are saying to you, you need to be qualified so forth and so forth to be put into certain positions, to get into government. That's what they say. But it's not the case. You go into certain departments and all you discover is that most of those people are related to one or another person, and closely so. This is not some distant relative coming in and being given opportunity now. I've seen it. I've seen it in relatives of my own, where there's preferences. They hide behind the fact that some of them don't share the same surname. That's the easiest thing that they hide behind. <laughs> Trying to disguise any nepotism that we know. We meet each other at the funerals. We meet each other at the weddings and get-togethers. We are there. That's the state of affairs that we are currently living with. Connections. So the poor lady is going to go to jail for five years. And people are appealing, saying, let her rather pay the fine. We'll, we'll go fund me. Let's just put this thing down to a learning experience for the poor lady. It's not right that she used the money, it isn't. Because she used it on frivolous things. That she was young. And it might have tapped into an inert reaction to wealth which this country has of the I blew it culture. But that's not the point. The point is that we have grown frustrated of how politicians get away with the most traumatizing corruption cases where we're seeing them consistently being thugs in communities. They are the same people who are now celebrating this. A person who makes the argument of saying that she robbed thousands of other students, how did she do that? She didn't go into the bank, she didn't go into the NAPSA's coffers to steal this money. It was deposited into her account. And she used what was given unto her. So those who say she should have done the right thing and reported the money, she should have. But what example are you basing this on from the leaders of this organization, from the leaders of this country? What example is it that you're basing it on that she should have done the right thing? How many of them are actually doing the right thing? Aren't we supposed to follow as we are being led? So I'm furious at the fact that you would want to pin this all on her. 
I'm saying she should be punished as the others have been punished. Let the laws not be selective. Let them be consistent. There's no one who should have a silver bullet if you've been found guilty of corruption. We can't keep on celebrating the fact that the poor people are more likely to be convicted of crimes and the rich go scot-free. Money has to end buying you out of certain luxuries because we are all human at the end of the day. So I'm frustrated that she's being used as a scapegoat to show the strength of our judiciary system. Doesn't make sense. It's not fair. Doesn't add up. Something smells funny and I'm not eating it. Doesn't make sense anyway. So we'll watch as it unfolds. I'll keep you updated as to what happens next. But I'm not going to be too surprised when things don't go the way they're supposed to. When she just goes to jail as was originally planned because it's not fair. The justice system isn't fair. And the media narratives that they're putting. Oh, I saw a disgusting display of the media narratives over the past week. Media is so quick to label people as vigilantes, so quick to label people as xenophobic when they are raising valid points. The Dipschlut and Zim saga exposed the intentions of the South African media. And who am I referring to? I'm talking about the news sources. Digital print or TV. They push the same narrative. Quick to say to us, South Africans are xenophobic. How so? There were no large reportings of the fact that leading up to the incident, up to the protest that happened last week in Deepslut, there were seven people who died. Killed. And their alleged offenders were Zimbabweans. And, 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 and hear my choice of wording very, very clearly. Their alleged offenders were Zimbabweans. Obviously, it can't be proven whether they are legal immigrants or not. So you can imagine that the community is furious at that. And I have lived in Deep Sleuth. I've told you before that most of the scenarios and my my testimony are going to be from personal experience. I don't rely far too much on what the media says to us because they lie a lot. They serve the interest of whoever is paying them. And sales of newspapers have been on the dwindle for years now. Subscriptions on internet services have been on the dwindle for years now. So they are desperate for money sources. They need sponsors. They're journalists. They need to be paid. They need to earn a living so they can be able to live in those fanciest states of theirs. Gated communities as they are. So be careful because what, they, what they're going to be presenting to us isn't the truth. It's going to be what is best in order to keep food in their mouths. Integrity is a foreign concept to the media, unfortunately. So there they are reporting. Started off with uh, Operation Tudula. They labeled it as a xenophobic vigilante group. That was what they did initially. They didn't do a deep dive into understanding what the whole movement is about. But they had a narrative and a mandate that they needed to perform. And then they did through their word. And now we had this incident in Deep Sleuth. Seven people who have uh, allegedly been killed by... Um, by foreigners, the foreign nationals from Zimbabwe in particular. And then these people, after being died, the community says, no, we are hot for I remember when we, I was living in, in Deep Sluot, there was a time where there were a lot of killings happening. I remember from the tuck shops when I got there, I questioned to say, why are your tuck shops always closed? They say, this area is not safe. I lived in a place called Extension 7. And every single day, Regardless of what time it is, you are served from the gate, from the entrance. And I asked that they say to us, no, we are not safe because they come here, they rob us consistently. And there was this one day, I remember, I, was, um, I came early from work. And then shortly after, we hear gunshots. And as we go out, 
they say to us, no, the Zimbabwe has just dropped a Somali shop down the road. It's less than a kilo from us. Maybe 300 meters from where I was living. And then they said to us, no, the shop owner, after they had dropped him, he thought that they had been gone. So as he went out, only to find out they're still standing, the audacity to stand waiting. And then as he turned, they hit him in the head with a bullet. They shot him. Fatally died. Tragic, isn't it? And it was the very same thing. When you come into the area, you are warned to say, make sure you do not walk in the dark because they are savages. They will knock you down first, whether by a gun, by a hammer, or by a knife, and set you on the floor. They have no remorse for you. There's no negotiation. There's no communication. They are brutal. They are merciless. I was living there back in 2013. It's been nine years. The culture hasn't stopped. You still get the very same sense when you're there. And it's been happening for many years. This is not the first protest that has been happening in Deep Sluot. It's not. The community has gotten frustrated. They say they're tired of being killed in their own homeland. They're tired of being killed in their country. They're tired of being killed where they're supposed to be safe. Where people are coming into their homes and just murdering them for the sake of stealing their possessions. There's reports of a family. They came in and then they shot the husband five times. Five times. Imagine that. Somebody coming in, an intruder into your home and shooting you five times. You do not understand the frustration. And then the stupid narrative to say, is it going to be solved? After the last Zimbabwean is sent back home, will there be a zero, a zero crime rate? Who, who said that? Why is there deflection? We are saying to you we have an identified problem. People are being killed. We are saying to you the concern is the greatest number of the perpetrators are a certain group. We are saying to you our sisters address this issue. And you are calling people xenophobic. No. Let us stop with this deflection. Let us stop deflecting issues and address things for what they are. Because people are in trouble. People are being killed. That is not right. It is not an opportunity for you to use your intellect and provide a thesis. Telling people how they've been killed. How they don't know what they know. How it isn't what they see. What Jeremiah trick are you trying to play on us? Oh, Musi, my money, I'm so disappointed in you. Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. I still say, you cannot speak. You cannot speak from a place of privilege. And tell people that what they think they see, they are not seeing. Stop trying to play Jedi mind tricks on people. People are not stupid. People know exactly what's happening in these communities of theirs because they're the ones living there. It started with the drime, drime labs, the drug lords, sorry. It started with them. And then when they were approached, people came to their defenses, didn't they? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. No sense to me whatsoever. That we had people who were saying no, eh, what if they go into the wrong house? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. doesn't make sense how is it <laughs> how is it that people want to have such a strong opinion over something that they know nothing about there was this clip which was circulated on social media where a representative from the ANC Youth League by the name of Tabang Mulefe was was on tape on camera Speaking blatantly, 
because he's on the ground living in the community saying they must all go. He went as far as to saying, Chief, are you deaf? I said they must go. Do you understand the frustration of having to say to people that you have accommodated for so many years? And I don't want, yay, you know the stupid narratives out in this world. Then there are those who say, yeah, during the times of apartheid, we accommodated. You accommodated our people. You didn't accommodate civilians. You accommodated people who were in exile. You accommodated the MK, where they were coming to train. You didn't accommodate civilians. No. Our people, our parents, were fighting for the system. And hence, we're in the position that we are. So we find in the narrative from the Zimbabweans is that unfortunately those that are perpetrating those crimes is people who have no love for South Africa, the South African people, but they have love for the South African possessions. They want what we have at any expense, including our lives. Not invested in rebuilding their own. Unfortunately, these that have been found guilty of these crimes have overstayed their welcome. Illegal immigrants have overstayed their welcome. And that's the narrative that's coming from the street. The guy has recorded says, saying they must all leave. There was this guy who went into the meeting from ZNPF. Do you imagine the audacity, the insensitive approach to this whole situation after it was alleged that one person died and the media went into a frenzy a Zimbabwean killed in a xenophobic attack, set alight. I'm not going to excuse that behavior. If indeed it did happen, it is disgraceful. That is not who we are. That is not who we should be. How can we excuse the fact that seven Seven lives have been left. The media didn't leave with the story. But they continue to push a xenophobic approach, saying that we are xenophobic for trying to protect our own. Let me make this analogy. Before you distract me, yes, I'm talking to you, EFF member, and say, yeah, you're misled. You're not looking at the land and the white monopoly capital. They're the benefits of all of these people, and they're the funders of all these institutions. DA, the ANC, and the EFF is one party. Make no mistake. They are funded by the very same individuals. So the influence given upon them is the same. They are just children of one parent bickering amongst each other. Bickering for our attention. None is better. That has been established. Let's move forward. Now, I don't don't want you to be misled. I want you to follow this narrative. Before you say that we are looking and we are being deflected, I just want you to understand it from this perspective. Imagine... You are used to eating from a pot, a small pot at that as a community. And in years back, we were all able to eat from the same pot. And you could get a plate and you would eat and you would suffice. You would get enough food. Now, because of the influx of the people that have come in, you start getting a lesser and lesser portion. You aren't being well fed. It has gotten to a stage where you can't even get a plate. Only thing you are getting is a spoon. If you are lucky. Now, you're no longer having the food from the very same environment that you are eating. The solution to, of our government isn't to say, let us increase the size of the pot to accommodate the people that are there. Let us ensure that we are giving resources. Let us ensure that we are, we are giving tools required in order to watch the township economy grow. No. They are doing nothing and it's deflection. People coming through from Pakistan, they have taken away the tax shops and they own the market now. It's like foreigners coming to this country, learn from us and do it better than we ever did. Multiple shops. You try as a South African to start a shop, they're going to put you in the middle and have shops on either side just to kill away feet coming through to your store. It happens in villages, it happens everywhere. The township culture, Panda, people are hustling. We have people who've come in and they are better hustlers than we are and more severe than we are. This is, this is the government's response to it, saying that no. That's not your problem. 
you are not looking at the right direction. They say to us, we are scapegoating. We are saying, no. We are under attack. People are frustrated. People are not having anything to eat. People are desperate. And people, when they are desperate, they do desperate things. Hence, we have this desperate outcome. And I do not have any consideration for the opinions of politicians when it comes to such things. Shout out to Aaron Mutsualedi. You are appreciated, sir. This is not a time to play politics because, as I said before in previous episodes, this will explode. Just a mere arrival of Nkantalaks deflected attention away from Megikele when he was there. Because the people know who he is. He's known on the ground and that's where it matters. The time for being social media activist is gone. Because the country is going into shambles. It is there. Everything is expensive now. We are rapidly becoming a Zimbabwe state. And honestly, we do not need as many legal influences that are going to lead us to accelerate our journey there. The time to stand our ground is, is now. It's not coming anywhere nearer. It is now. And I've said this before. Some of us will be killed. And it's sad, isn't it? But we move. We move and we will stand. The media is pushing a narrative. And once it was exposed on social media, they, they, they died it down. And they started reporting fairly and accurately. Because they were caught in the act. <laughs> it's sad. So let us keep on exposing them for their nonsense. Narratives will change. They will flip-flop. Shout out to Julius Malim. They will flip-flop. They will change. They will move with the tide because they don't stand for anything. They're just looking for a position of influence. Whatever is popular, they will move with it. They will move and change their position multiple times. It's not about a wise man changing according to information. It's about just moving with whatever is popular at the time. No ethics or integrity whatsoever benefits of the same system why would they want to change it why would they want to change it why would they want to see economies in the townships changing you won't be needing them anymore they need us to be poor the intention is to keep you poor so they can have the savior mentality over you see it for what it is wake up never sleep never ever sleep the corrupt are never sleeping don't sleep Wake up. <laughs> Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Don't chase those dreams. Let's live in the reality. Do not be deceived by these people because they are deceivers. Oh, and they will deceive. That's what they do best. The culture has gotten bad that we have such a moral decay. Illegal activities running amok in this country. Now we have to compete with drug dealers in the dating game. What nonsense is that, eh? We have to compete with them. All to the service of slay queens. How materialistic has this country become? I've mentioned the influence of sugar daddies on our economy. I've mentioned how we have become the people we are now because of the culture which we are exposed to. And it's the very same media, this very same negative agenda-pushing media that gives opportunity and platform to these individuals that are corrupting the young men and women of this fine country. Oh, Apparently, if we're working 9 to 5, we are broke. <laughs> I could not believe it either. I did not know I'm broke up until I knew that I'm broke. <laughs> so I'm going to share with you a recording. Oh, I hope it plays. I just hope it plays for you guys. Yo, <laughs> I could not believe it. I could not believe it. But yeah, apparently we are broke. <laughs> just, just, yo, oh, you know what? Um, uh, <sighs> I'm defeated. We end the show off with the clip and the recording. 
No commentary on it is just going to explain the situation any better. Yo, yo, who fathered these children? <laughs> who raised them? Yo, people saying people who work 9 to 5 are broke. What nonsense is that? Because the standards we've been given, it's, it's you know what? <laughs> Guys, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Thank you so much. My name is Kaleem. This has been the Mass Event Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you to the masses out in the United States. I see you. Thank you to our subscribers out in Europe, in Africa, Lusaka. I see you guys uh, in Mozambique. I see you guys, um, and obviously back home, the South Africans. To all my friends who have been listening, I appreciate you, and all you strangers, I appreciate you. We're going to set up a website, uh, so it's going to be much easier for you guys to make contact with the podcast. Thank you so much. And yeah, as I said, um, we will be sharing um, opportunities to record with Amora very soon. I'm just grateful for this opportunity, guys. I enjoy spending time with you. So with that being said, enjoy this clip. Laugh and have a brilliant weekend. Thank you. As soon as I see you from far, broke, and she makes the one is broke. broke. Yeah. What's your term of broke? Maybe my term of broke is different to yours. So let's a broke guy is someone who's doing a nine to five. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> a guy that wakes up six. I'm saying it's five every day. I salary. salary. Maybe a twelve thousand a month. So when I like 12 in a month. I'll have it on the side. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Okay, Shabtum. What if that same guy over was six, over was five, but wherever he's working, he's getting so much money. Okay, but yeah. But that's his job. They all guys that actually have money. But it's in okay, let me just say, those work good call center, Vodacom, insurance, I want to more, I know. I'm also, sorry. Also, basically, you think, if you're doing a 95, it depends what Okay, it depends occupation. what, yeah, occupation. Okay. Yeah, well, it depends, I'm sorry, it depends, but... Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, I feel you, but yeah. uh, it depends. Let's just say it depends, but I can't. If your salary is under fifty, okay. Yeah, if it's under fifty thousand, yeah. I'm sorry, cause you have to pay a car. Let's say we have kids, kids, oh. house, mm. groceries, mm. entertainment. Yeah, and, and me, oh. I have to do my hair weekly. There's face makeup. Cool.